Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. And our scripture is, 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 is going to come from 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 11. But just like I did last week, I'm actually going to go through that whole section of Samuel 17. Don't worry, I'm not going to read it all because some of y'all won't make it past one scripture. You'll be sleeping. I don't want that to happen. But I am going to, bits and pieces of it I'm going to share. But the one I want you to focus on is the obstacle. The scripture we're going to focus on right now is the obstacle. And here it is, 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 11, says this. Then Goliath, a Philistine, champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed over, one, weighed over 125 pounds. He also wore a bronze leg armor, and, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam. It was tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying his shield. Let's just say this brother was protected. Nothing was going to penetrate him. Not only was he big in size and stature, but he was well armed. He was well protected. Eight, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all, why are you all coming out to fight? I am the Philistine champion by you, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. Oh, he was arrogant. He was big. He was tough. He was protected. He had all kind of armor. He knew that nobody could defeat him. He was a champion. Doesn't say he was undefeated, but he was already a champion when it came to battling. Watch this. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him... You will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. That's their obstacle. Perhaps your obstacle is, you know what? I I, I have this big, bold gigantic goal for 2015, but, but you know what? I don't have enough money to do it. I, I don't have the education to do it. 
I'm just not prepared or qualified to do it. I don't have that skill set to do that thing that I so desire to do that I know that it will bless God. I, I don't have the relationships with the right people to do that thing. Perhaps some of those are your obstacles this year. Their obstacle was a nine-foot champion that has already whooped on their tail in the past. Their obstacle was a nine-foot champion armored to the T. He was armored to the T. He He was protected. And what happened? They were scared and wouldn't go to battle. And today I hope none of you are like those Israelites. But here's the good news. Y'all want some good news? You want some good news. Okay, good. Miss Causey wants some good news. Anybody else want some good news? It's free. I'm not going to charge you for it. I promise. I charge other people for good news, but you, you guys are a special bunch. The good news is free today. Here's the good news. There was one. There was one who stood up to them, and I'm going to tell you what he did to overcome the obstacle that a nation was afraid to challenge. A nation of people were afraid to take on. An army was afraid to take on. I'm going to tell you what one teenage boy did. And you can do the same thing to face whatever your obstacle may be in 2015 and realize the opportunity that lies before you. Is that good? I want to share this this quote with you real fast from Bernice Johnson Reagan. She says, life's challenges are supposed Life's challenges are not supposed to paralyze you. They're supposed to help you discover who you are. Life's challenges are not supposed to paralyze you. They're supposed to help you discover who you are. Let me me break this down, and and then I'm going to share the scripture. David was a shepherd boy. He was anointed king, but at that moment he was a shepherd boy. He didn't realize he was a really great and mighty warrior until he faced his challenge. He he did not allow the challenge of Goliath to paralyze him. Let me get into some scripture. Let me tell you the first thing that David did to see the opportunity. David saw the opportunity to demonstrate the power of God over the power of the enemy. How did he do it? The first thing he did, and this is what you ought to do, change your perspective. Change your perspective. Here you have Goliath, this nine-foot-tall champion warrior, armored to the T. And you have a teenage boy who's never really used a sword, a spear, or anything like that before. His greatest challenge has been dealing with mountain lions and bears who are not as big as this nine-foot skilled champion of battle who is armored with protection. Now he has to face this huge guy. What did he do? He didn't fear like everybody else. David began to take what we call a calculated risk. He assessed what was going on. He assessed the situation. David said to himself, nine-foot-tall giant. 
David was a slinger. Let me explain to you how war was done back in medieval times. There were three, three, three types of warriors in ancient armies. The first was the cavalry. Those were the, the, the armed men on horseback or chariots. The second was infantry, foot soldiers wearing armor and carrying swords and shields. The third group was the projectile warriors, or as we know them, artillery. They were archers and slingers. David was a slinger. David used his slingshot daily. He mastered the art of putting stones into a slingshot, aiming precisely at his target and hitting and killing it and protecting the flock every day. He was a master slinger. He spent his days guiding the sheep to fresh water and green pastures and protecting them all day, no matter what it was. And when there was not something to protect, he probably spent a lot of time just loading up that slingshot and pow, shooting. He was a master slinger. Though he was not a part of an army, he was a master person, uh, a slinger, when it came to what his craft. He was a master at it. As a matter of fact, watch this. There, there were some studies done by, by, by a man by the name of, of uh, uh, Eton Hirsch. Eton Hirsch is a ballistics expert with the Israeli army. He's a ballistics expert with the Israeli army. He did uh, some calculations just to see how accurate David could actually be. Watch this. He did, watch this. Eton Hirsch did a series of calculations showing that a typical size stone hurled by an expert slinger at a distance of just 35 meters would hit Goliath's head at a velocity of 34 meters per second. That doesn't make sense to you, right? Let me just make it plain. That is the equivalent of a fair-sized modern-day pistol. That's how accurate David was when he put that sling in a slingshot and decided to go toward David and shoot that thing at him. He shot, he ran toward him, pulled it, whirled it around, built up the velocity, and whapped it at him. And it was the equivalent of a modern-day pistol when it landed in his skull. This is how he changed his perspective. David looked at this nine-foot-plus giant and said, Y'all see a big mammoth of a man you're afraid to attack. I see a big mammoth of a man where I cannot possibly miss. It's impossible for me to miss. If I can hit a lion, which is half his size in terms of small, if I can hit a bear who is smaller than him, oh, there's no way in the heck am I going to miss this nine-foot giant with this big cranium. Oh, I got this baby. You got to change your perspective. He saw an opportunity. He saw an opportunity to not only defeat this giant, but encourage his people at the same time. You see, here's what's going on. Goliath thought that they were going to do hand to hand. Goliath thought when he saw David, how dare you send this little chump to mess with me? I, 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 you know, it's an insult for you to send this little guy to mess with me. And he doesn't even come with the right type of artillery. He's just going to come with a stone. He was prepared to face him hand to hand. But this is, 
this is how David works. David's smarter. He thought about it. He says, I'm going to change my perspective. I bet this guy thinks that I'm going to come, and we're going to come toe-to-toe. But I'm not skilled in hand-to-hand combat. My skill is a slinger. I'm going to hit that cranium, and then I'm going to chop his head off. Watch this. Let me, let me share. Let me. He said that. That's what he said. He says, I'm, I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to chop your head off. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Here's a quote I want to share with you. It may not be in your notes, but I'll get it to you. We must look for, uh, for the opportunity in every difficulty. Let me say that again. We must look for the opportunity in every difficulty instead of being paralyzed at the thought of difficulty in every opportunity. We've got to look at the opportunity within every difficulty instead of looking at the difficulty in the opportunity. In other words, you got to start looking at your glasses half full and not half empty. If it's half full, that means there's still room that I can pour more in there to fill it up. But if it's half empty, that means you are draining as we speak. You've got to change your perspective. And if you don't have the right perspective, you will absolutely miss the opportunities that are, uh, that are in, in, interweaved into the so-called obstacles. You've got to change your perspective. Here's the second thing that David did once he changed his perspective. He used the tools that God equipped him with. So here's your note. Use the tools that God equipped you with. You have everything you need. Your arsenal is jam-packed. You've got more weapons than you think you know. You have all that you need. You don't need anything else. God has equipped you with every single thing you need, with the weapons you need, with the compass you need, with the playbook you need, with the people you need. You are equipped for this season in your life. You have everything you need. Use the tools that God equipped you with. Watch this. 1 Samuel 17, 38 through 40 says this. Then Saul gave David his own armor. He gave him a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. He says, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So he picked up five stones from a stream and then put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. When I read this, I got excited. I got excited because he, he, here's something that you got to see. He grabbed the stones, put them in his bag. That's the normal attire for a shepherd. But this is the part that puzzled me, and I had to think about it. He says he was armed with just those stones that he put in his little bag and his staff. Why would he even carry a staff? David had to go to what he knew. He had to feel completely comfortable. He had to be, put himself in the same type of environment that he was in daily. He had to feel like he was in a pasture or in a meadow with his flock in order to go to. He didn't use the staff at all, but he needed to be suited in his armor, not the armor of somebody else. See, I just want to tell you something. 
<laughs> this is good. This is good. I just want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. As you pursue the plans and goals that God has for you this year, many people are going to try to put you in armor that don't fit. Many people are going to put you on stuff that, that just is too heavy for you to wear. They're going to put you in stuff that just totally is not for you to wear. People are going to say, you know what, this is best for you, and, and that's best for you. There are people that's going to give you bad advice this year. There are people that's going to have these fake detour signs saying, no, this is the way you should go. But God has already given you everything you need. All you have to do is remember the same way you got out of your stuff before, dress up that same way, use those same tools, and God will get you through it. You don't have to do anything new. You don't have to go asking. Listen, you, you, you've attended enough self-help conferences. You've read enough self-help books. You've, you've, you've read The Purpose Driven Life ten times already. That's enough of that. You already got what you need, so just go on ahead and do it. I dare you today, while you're praying and fasting, to just do an inventory of your spiritual arsenal. And, and, and this is how you do it. Just pause for a second and begin to think where you were 10 years ago. And think about between those last 10 years and now. And then begin to think about those, those moments that were God moments. Where, where if God didn't show up in your life at that time, at that moment when you needed him, things wouldn't have been the way they were. Yeah, but begin to think about what you use to get out of that jam. Begin to think about where you went to get out of that jam. Watch this. Begin to think about the crew, your army, the soldiers that were with you when you were in that jam and how you got out of it. See if that army is still with you. I dare you to think about where you were 10 years ago and now and begin to think about those God moments and think about the arsenal that he gave you already. You already have what you need to do what you need to do. You already have the stuff you need to defeat any giants in your life. All you need to do is just kind of rewind a bit, go back in your mental recollection and think about how you got to where you are today. Oh, man, you didn't get here by accident. You worked, you pressed, you fought, you trained. This is the moment, baby. You are ready. You have all the equipment you need. You don't need to get no brand new Air Max sneakers to prepare for where God is going. He already gave you what you need. You just need to do it. You don't need no five-hour energy. All you need is God. You have all the endurance you need. Ooh, I'm preaching this morning, if I may say so myself. Listen, here's the third thing that David did when he was facing this giant, and I want you to do the same thing. David didn't panic. He praised. He didn't pray. He praised. David didn't panic. He praised. And so what you ought to do is don't panic. Instead, praise. When you see that obstacle before you, Oh, you need to go ahead and break out the confetti and throw yourself a party. When, when you see that obstacle standing before you, or oh, you just need to act crazy and run across the room and start giving out high fives because you, you need to take a victory lap because you already know the outcome. When you see that obstacle before you, or oh, you need to stick your chest out and say, come on with it, baby, I'm ready. 
When you see that obstacle, whatever it may be, big or small, you need to just look at it in the face and say, come on. Let's do this and grab the, the little red thing and begin to wave it. There's one of my favorite sayings. It's a Puerto Rican saying. It says, when you're in, in the face of adversity, do like the bull and charge. You need to charge and advance and go after it. Be ready because watch this. He didn't panic. He prays. Watch scripture. David replied to the Philistine who was just running his mouth and selling wolf tickets and bragging about being a champion and I will do this and I will do that. David replied to the Philistine, no, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied today. No, today, my brother, this moment, today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you. Oh, that obstacle in front of you, you look at it and say, I come to you in the name of God of heaven's army. I'm ready for you. Whatever you got. Remember last time you tried this mess, what happened? Who won? Me. I may be bloodied. My head may be bowed. I may be bruised and battered, but I am victorious. I came through it before. I'll come through it again. I've been tested in the fire, and I've been proven that I am a winner. I am the real champion because I got the best ringleader on my side, and his name is God. He's the best general there ever was. You will not defeat me. One of the things they say when you're swimming and you're drowning, they say the first thing they say is don't panic. First thing they say is don't panic. Many people, swimmers, die annually from drowning. Why? Because they panic. They panic. I remember teaching my children how to swim, and it was actually my nephew. Now I think about it, and we were down in Tallahassee. And it was shallow feet. My nephew at the time was about five foot two. We were in four feet of water. We were playing around, and I, you know, do the thing where you pick him up and throw him. I picked him up and threw him, and he's panicking. Ah, 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 help me, Uncle Brody. Help me. I can't swim. I said, stand up. Stand up. Ah, ah, ah. I said, Ray Mir, stop panicking and put your feet down and stand up. Ah, ah, ah. And he stood up. And here's what happens. You see the obstacle 20 miles away. <gasps> oh, no, you're panicking. Oh, no, you're panicking. You're panicking. You, you, you're overcome with the water of despair. You're overcome with the water of, of, of drama. You're overcome with the water of no. You're overcome with all kind of challenges that are beginning to come over your head. And I'm telling you, after you've done all you can, you just stand. Oh, man, I'm singing and preaching at the same time. Stand in the face of adversity. Stand. Don't you dare start to panic and drown in the misery of this world. Don't you dare start to panic and let your naysayers believe what your naysayers are saying about you. Don't you dare start to panic because the per that job you wanted said no. There are plenty of other jobs. You may have to move to get them. You may have to change some things to get them. It might require a little bit more education, but don't you dare drown and panic and miss the opportunity. And because you're stuck and paralyzed with the obstacle. Don't you dare do it. David didn't panic. First thing he did was praise God. He said, listen, 
Listen, God allowed me to defeat lions. I didn't even know I could do it. He's a teenage boy. My son, Jakai, just turned 14. Stand up, Jakai. Just turned 14. Yeah, yeah. Just turned 14 on Friday. David was the exact same age when he killed a giant. Now, I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what the, the, the scholars say. He was four, Go ahead. You can have a seat, son. He was 14, that boy's age. And he didn't panic. He says, listen, when I was 12, I learned how to kill lions. I panicked when, when the bear came, but God helped me defeat the bear and the lion and some other things. Oh, man, I can do this with this Philistine giant. I've got him. Don't you dare panic. Let me tell you why they say don't panic when you're swimming. You ready? Panic increases adrenaline, adrenaline release. This increases blood flow to your body that your oxygen, that demand your oxygen. So in other words, when you begin to panic, you're using up unnecessary energy. I'm just going to make it plain. When you begin to panic, when you're swimming, you begin to use up unnecessary energy. And what happens is you're not thinking well, right? You're, you're, you're not reacting well, right? And, and, and all of a sudden you're too tired to fight, right? Okay, let me make it plain. Y'all getting this because this applies to your life. Uh, when you are in this thing called life and you're on this journey called life and you're setting out on your goals for 2015, right, there are going to be some things, some distractions that come upon you. And the minute you panic, you begin using unnecessary energy. How do you do that? You respond to the negativity. Ooh. And by doing that, that same energy that you could have took and instead praise, you begin to panic. You use the wrong P. Huh? And then you respond to the negative comments that you may see on social media, which is not good when you are fasting because it's going to jam you up, right? You begin to respond to the stuff. You begin, watch this. Some of y'all, we respond to the stuff that's happening on television every day. We're pulled by the stuff that's happening in the media and in our country. I'm upset about a lot of things too, but I can't allow that to steal my energy. What I can do is, 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 is not panic. I can take that energy and do something that would make a change that I want to see in this society or this country or this world that we live in. So as we advance for 2015, I just want to let you know, many people will tell you you're going to face some challenges. Many people will say there'll be some obstacles to overcome. But you can take this to the bank, baby. Pastor B said, there are no obstacles. There are only opportunities. If you would just change your perspective. Yeah, yeah, you can clap if you want. If you would just change your perspective, use the tools that God already gave you. If you would just not panic, but praise, I promise you. You will not only reach the goals that you've set for 2015, you will exceed them. You could take that to the bank and cash it. I'll take the interest on it. <laughs> amen? Amen. Amen. That's all I got for y'all. That's all I got. On a serious note, we can watch television and, 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 and read the newspaper or see social media or whatever the case may be. And here, here's the truth. 
We're in a jacked up world right now, y'all. We are. Seriously, we're fighting battles that we've already won in terms of, of, of diversity in this country, right? We're, we're having religious wars that, that we've had for centuries now, right? We're, 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 we're dealing with some stuff. We can't even pray publicly anymore, right? We can't. You, you, we can't give out a Bible to someone who may need it in the wrong place, or you, you can get fired for that. If you mention God, I mean, we're in tough and crazy times. But I don't know about you, I love history. I love history. And so, so, so every now and again, as I look at all of this stuff, it's easy for me to get discouraged. It's easy for you to be discouraged. But I dare you to just pause for one second. You don't even have to look at biblical history. I won't sing you that far back. You can look at American history and see where as, an, as, as, a, as a country we've overcome. We look at our economy and everybody's, oh, my God, the economy is terrible. Y'all realize this country has had uh, more. We had the Great Depression, but we've had several recessions. We're still a country. Our dollar is still strong. It's not as strong as it used to be, but it's still strong. Watch this. You can still huh, go and live wherever you want. Huh? You can still hang out with whoever you want. You can marry whoever you want. You are still in a free country. We've overcome these type of things in the past in this country before, and we will do it again. Not because we're smart. Not because we're strong. Not because we're that determined. But because we serve a living God who only wants the best for all of his people, regardless of race, social economic status, Regardless of any of those things, he still is on our side. And here's the best part. The fight is fixed. I read the Bible from, from, from the index all the way to the part where there are maps. And I don't see anywhere where there was a battle involving God that we took an L. I, I just don't see that anywhere. And if you believe you are a person of God and you are the people of God, Good news. You're on the winning team. Amen. Amen. Our worship team will come, and then I'll be back with some, some announcements, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.